why don't we not record until the program starts? Because we're just going to have. Okay, so I'm just going to thank everyone for coming. I know this was put together in a very short period of time. Like you, uh, I've been watching the news and I felt compelled that I wanted to do something. Um, uh, and so I put together with this program with my colleagues, uh, Dr. Dana, Dr. Dana and Dr. Lynn. Um, they didn't take more than a nanosecond to say yes to be with us. Um, and so it's really important that we have this discussion and I'm doing multitasking as I'm talking, I'm admitting. Um, we have a very close community at the Jewish Culture and Holocaust Remembrance Group on Facebook and the JCR, uh, jchrnow.com website, which is the companion site. And literally on Saturday, uh, my phone, my email and requests for Zoom started to blow up. I didn't know what was going on until I heard that there was a war started uh, or there was Hamas attacking Israel. And just like you, it was horrific and my stomach sank. And since I have Holocaust parents of blessed memory, um, the next call that I got was from a survivor uh, in California who was really concerned about the slaughter of Jews for just being Jewish. And that made me think of what my parents would think. And so I want to turn the program over to um, Dana and to Lynn. I also want to let you know that if you get bounced off the program for technical reasons, just re-click the link. We'll readmit you. I'd love for all of you to put your videos on because it makes for a much more inclusive environment. We don't look at black tiles. Uh, so go ahead, Dana. Go ahead, Lynn. And uh, I will uh, add my two cents whenever I need to. Go ahead. Okay. Welcome, everybody. And thank you for gathering with us today. We're happy you're here. And we're here today to process our feelings and to support each other. And if anybody here is needing something more, Lynn and I have referrals and psychotherapy referrals that we can give you all, and we're here to support each other. So um, Lynn, do you want to continue? Yeah, um, I think that what Dana and I want to do is to help you guys, which we understand um, are very activated by the events as we all are, and also just to kind of work at de-escalating some of those feelings to a place where they're manageable. Um, and um, I think in a way, hopefully differentiating feelings from facts today in a very sort of gentle, empathic way um, about what is happening in Israel, what it feels like and, and, and what it reminds us of, of course, and what it really means in real terms today. If I can just interrupt, Mark, why don't you raise your hand over there? Mark is actually in Israel. Where in Israel are you, Mark? Sorry, I've muted myself. I was listening to the latest news. I'm in Rehobot, which is slightly south and inland from Tel Aviv. Uh, I've been here since <clears throat> 1972. Uh, I'm a journalist, more retired now than anything, but a uh, journalist nonetheless. 
and experiencing this uh, like a journalist and like an Israeli. Okay, thanks. I just wanted to let everyone know. Is there anybody else from Israel with us immediately? No. Okay, go ahead, guys. I just wanted to bring my right. point of view. Also, since we're, we're checking in, um, if you'd like, say in the chat where you're from. And I'm going to do that as well. And also, I'm wondering if anybody here is this a Holocaust survivor. So if you say in the chat, if you'd like. But otherwise, put in the chat where you're from. Okay, so while you're doing that, we're gonna continue. And I just wanna normalize that whatever you're feeling, it's okay to not be okay. You know, what's happening is, shakes you to your core, is very horrific. So just know whatever range of emotions you're feeling, these emotional reactions are normal. Um, and, that we still may spend more days feeling preoccupied and frightened and not be able to go about our day as business as normal or as usual, I should say. And so that that's okay too. You know, we have to be gentle with ourselves and be understanding that we've been rocked to our core. Okay. And some people you know, may still be living in potentially harm's way. So we can start with that. Um, but at the same time, what um, Lynn and I want to talk about is how activating all this is, because we're feeling our emotions for what is happening today, plus what is inside us. And most of us have inherited trauma. We have a, a, a um, well, actually, really, uh, millennia of the Jews being persecuted and everything that happened to our more immediate ancestors. So that is what is extra activating. We're experiencing our emotions of today, plus all these other internalized emotions have been activated. So, um, Lynn, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I wanted to perhaps explore that a little bit with the group and ask them when we say the words we these are trauma words activated or triggered maybe i could invite the group to share what they're experiencing and what they're feeling so we sort of can come together as a shared experience and help support each other and let me let me chime in some ways we can do that since Zoom is like a walkie-talkie. We can't have everyone talking at the same time. So if you'll notice on your toolbar, there is a reactions button. If you click that button, you'll see that there's a hand raise. You'll see my hand raised now. So if you would like to contribute your voice, and really this is not about um, Dana and Lynn doing all the talking. This is about a mutual, you know, my intent here is to have you become inclusive in this program for you to feel uh, open, that you can speak freely. So please, um, you just raise your hand and, and either Lynn or Dana will call on you and um, speak. So does anyone want to help label their uh, emotions? Sometimes it's hard to put words to feelings, but feelings begin to be more manageable 
when you start to label. So I saw Devora put her hand up. Devora, why don't you unmute and it'll be your turn to speak. So I was a baby when my grandparents were murdered in the Holocaust. But more recently, I lived in Israel in Kibbutz Gesher 50 years ago um, during the Yom Kippur War. Uh, my oldest daughter was four. Uh, I had a one-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old, and I was six months pregnant. And we were in a shelter. We were scared. Uh, the kibbutz lost four young men. And I'm somewhat reliving uh, the fear and confusion from that time. Um, but more specific for now, um, my, my number, I have four daughters. So Nama was in a, on the kibbutz, they formed peer groups. And one of her peer group members was living in kibbutz Be'eri near the Gaza Strip. And her, she and her son were murdered uh, in their home. Um, her daughter and husband are in critical condition in the hospital. So I guess I'm living this story from generation to generation. And those of us who have just been recently admitted, we <clears throat> you to come on screen and, and allow us to be able to see you as part of the program. So um, Devorah, that's really intense and it's understandable that what's happening today would trigger the memories and feelings of what you've already experienced. And- um, We have a hand raised over here, Abram. Abraham, would you unmute yourself and put your video on so we can hear your question or your statement? I'm having, yeah, thank you. I'm having a terrible time. Uh, getting the video to work. All right. Well, we can uh, see you fine. So go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it, it, my, my uh, presence is here and certainly I want to be a part of it, even if you can't see me. Um, you know, my parents were, were both uh, survivors of blessed memory. And, uh, you know, I've been involved for many, many years uh, in a dialogue with, uh, with lots of different communities uh, that, tell me that, you know, there is a certain sense that uh, people take the Israeli involvement with the Palestinians as a kind of a, a Nazi uh, approach. Well, the reality is what you saw in the videos, the few that are there, uh, there's no question that when one sees what the Hamas gunmen did, there's no difference between what they were doing and what the Nazis were doing during the Second World War. The kind of indiscriminate, uh, inhuman activities uh, really place them on the same level as the Nazis who committed the final solution. But I'm wondering whether it, we might not take a look at what surrounds this entire event as opposed to what it, involve the entire event of the Shoah. And I think the first thing 
to look at is the fact that here there is almost a worldwide condemnation of what happened because we live in a world where we can see and, and hear the kind of, of bestialities that have occurred as opposed to what happened to our parents during the Shoah, uh, where the interest was limited, not only by the fact that uh, the news of what was going on was very, very difficult uh, to, to gain, but also because there was a lack of caring. Who cares about the Jews? So at least from that point of view, I think we can take some comfort in knowing that 99% of the world, if you will, that has reacted, has reacted in a condemnation of what these individuals did. Yeah. And I would also say that they, they are in direct conf conflict with what Islam, if they're Muslims, teaches about human life and safety and uh, importance of human life. So, you know, I, I think the world now understands that these people are the real Nazis, the incarnation of the Nazis. Thank you. And Thank you, Abraham. That's what I want to present. Thank you, Thank you Abraham. And, and, and uh, Dana and Lynn, I don't know how you'll respond to these questions. Just, um, you know, before we take I, another question, I want to make sure you can speak to them. I was going to say that I really appreciate that differentiation that we need to have to help us. There is support. There is condemnation. We have an army, a very strong army, that will sort this out at one way or the other and create security once again. Um, so I feel like if we could just make those differentiations, I hope that will be helpful because as Dana said, what's inside is already in our DNA and this adds on so much to, to bear as we're worried and we're frightened for the people that are, you know, um, going through this and, and, and watching this and from afar is not easy for most of us, um, and let me ask you, uh, Lynn, I, my apologies to both you and Dana. Could you tell the, the group a little bit quickly about your background and 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 so they understand a little bit more about you personally? Okay, so I'm from South Africa originally. I lived in Israel in Ranana for five years. I was in graduate school with Dana. Um, and I am a trauma therapist. I work with all kinds of trauma, including... Um, Holocaust survivors and children of Holocaust survivors. And you were in Israel last week, correct? Yeah. Okay. And Dana, go ahead. I was in Israel in the 1970s. Okay. And I'm Dana Schrager. I'm a clinical psychologist. I've lived in Los Angeles my whole life. And yeah. oh, did you hear I started? Yes. Go ahead. You're fine. Okay. Anyway, I'll continue. Okay, thank you. Okay, I'll continue. And so I'm a specialist in intergenerational trauma, and I lecture about it. I'm writing a book about it. And I have grandparents who were in the uh, programs in Tsarist Russia or after the fall of Tsarist Russia. 
And I also have a grandfather who is a Holocaust survivor with a lot of survivor guilt. So I understand getting all those feelings and nightmares triggered. I saw online a journalist talking about how it feels like what's happened in Israel is like our nightmares come true or, or some of the things that have happened to our grandparents are now happening in 2023. And that's what makes it so frightening. And I have all those fears inside me. I feel the, the fears of my grandparents. I've had nightmares with the contents of what's happened to them. And I've worked very hard to work on quelling those fears and calming my nervous system. But all this that's happening in the news is a huge jolt to the nervous system. So Lynn and I are here today to talk about how we can calm ourselves down. And, you know, even though all our feelings are, are, are real feelings in reaction to a real situation, how we can deactivate. So um, Lynn, do, do you want to start that part just now? To, I didn't know. I just want to make sure that the group knows that I also come from a Holocaust family. Um, my father was born in Lithuania. Um, a lot of our family did not survive. So I just wanted to add that in. And, and before you continue, I just want to add the three voices that are still asking for uh, ability to comment. So Leah, it's nice to see you again. So please... Uh, add your voice, unmute yourself. And those who are new, uh, Liette, uh, Esther, and Melissa, if you can give us your video on so we can see you, which we, makes the whole experience much more rich and inclusive. So go ahead, Leah. Um, my, the way I'm, I'm experiencing this is multi-level. Multi um, and there's an element of it which, um, involves the loss of one of my daughters six months ago. So I'm in grief and PTSD. It was due to a long struggle with substance abuse. Um, and um, my parents were both survivors. They conceived of me in a DP camp in Germany. And I was born two months after they got to Israel. And I lived there till I was nine. And I have very strong ties. Um, deep ones um, and loyalty always been been uh, deeply connected that way secondly so that's triggering all of the intergenerational fears of survival um, the second thing is mixed in a way I have my sister and my brother-in-law visiting right now from the from Israel um, for the reason um, to celebrate the bar mitzvah of our nephew in Boston this weekend. And so their their experiences are direct. They're hearing from their children in shelters, adult children, grandchildren. Um, and they're hearing stories that I would not be accessing. I'm trying to distance from those as much as I can but it's part of what I want to know um and they also see things in a more long-term way in terms of where is this going and 
you know, the uh, possibility very real that Hezbollah is going to be involved and then other Arab nations will join and then Iran will jump in. America's got a carrier there with missiles ready to go. So the idea that this could lead to a much bigger um, conflagration, conflagration is very real. Um, with the underlying all of this is the fact that I'm grieving for uh, and also have PTSD from lots of years of dealing with somebody who was an addict and missing her and being relieved, you know, conflicted feelings. But all of that has been, that layer has been reactivated and triggered. And so um, if, to say I'm overwhelmed is probably an understatement. All right, so hold it there. Let's give um, Dana and Lynn an opportunity to uh, comment and maybe give some advice. I, I kind of wanted to speak to the way, you know, part of our PTSD and fear is how we feel very unsafe right now um, in so many different ways. And I think that my thought is still to the point of how to create more safety emotionally and to be as as deactivated as possible otherwise it becomes you get you, you're going to unfortunately could lead to depression and anxiety symptoms mm -hmm. so we try to think about just just with the greatest of empathy i understand the triggers i feel the too what can we do what can we contribute to each other that helps that works um one of the things dane and i was I, I listened to what you said, you know, discussions and videos and news and more news. As much as we want to hold on to something and hope for the good news, the replay, the repetition can be bad for us. I, I wanted to uh, introduce myself. Can you all hear me? I'm holding it. Esther, are you speaking? Yes, I am. Okay. Do me a favor, just get your video on. We want to continue having answers for um, Leah, and then I will uh, know that you're interested. There are a couple more people ahead of you um, that want to speak, but I will not let you um, not speak. So go ahead, finish up, Lynn, what you were saying. I'm just I just wanted to speak to Leah and 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 to ask her to think about what would help her, what could the group help you with, what would be help you emo have an emotional boundary, if you will, with your relatives and conversations and, and knowing when you're too activated to maybe step away. Um, it's it's very compelling. I you know we're when we're activated, we all want to buzz around it. But, but actually our nervous system can crash. And that's just sort of trying to, Dana said, we're all not okay, but we want to try and be okay as much as we can. We have people to take care of. We have families. We have work. We have to carry on. Not, doesn't mean we don't have empathy and concern. And so how do you, how do you envision connecting with others in this group or professionally <clears throat> that would help 
Because right now my system is kind of in a state of paralysis. So I, I want to just offer this to the group. I was going to do it on October 27th. I don't want to jump the gun and I want people to talk and I don't want to take over. But I I did I, I work with people that have gun violence survivors. And one of the things that I want to create with them in one of the conversations we had was a virtual toolkit. Like, what do you have in your virtual toolkit that you can do that can help you to take your nervous system from high level activation to calm, whether it's walking, uh, singing, uh, knitting, running, yoga. Dana, I know we've jumped to point 10 here, but I, I just, okay. just want to infuse that because Leah's asking about what she can do. Self-care, guys. Self-care. I... I agree with what Lynn is saying, and I think something Lynn touched upon is what I call a news holiday. You know, I have found myself in the endless loop of listening to the news and scrolling, because um, like Lynn said, when you're activated, you, you want to, listening to the news keeps fueling it. But I, I, wo I woke up this morning and I, I felt that and I was watching an Israeli news reporter. And so it was very interesting to see what was happening live on the ground from an Israeli. But the reporter was so activated and it was agitating me so much. And I said, OK, I have to turn this off. Like, you know, I'm coming on this Zoom and I can't come on this Zoom, you know, com completely, you know, activated and out of my mind. So we have to know when to shut off the news. Sometimes it's just more and more and more of the same and it's too much for the system to handle so i think a news regulate a, a news holiday a news rest is very important you know maybe if you want to check in once or twice a day to see if there's anything new or ask somebody who's following the news if there's anything new to know but you know otherwise it's re it's very re-traumatizing to hear the same you know horrific stories over and over again um also, Lynn, do you want to move into more ideas for self-care or I just do you want, want to go? I, I saw somebody made some very good ideas. She, uh, Hannah, Betty, said some things that I thought were really good. Share yourself with a safe other who won't try to fix, the, fix you. Just be there with you. Co-regulation is important. Um, that, I think, is important. Um and if I can just ask uh, Rosalind to unmute yourself. Rosalind is a child survivor. Nice to see you again, Rosalind. Um, and, I'm to have you, and I'm honored to have you with us. Please share what you want to say. Well, uh, thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, I am considered an infant survivor because I was born just prior to Germany's surrender in Lodz, uh, Poland. And I am also the daughter of two Holocaust survivors from uh, Vilna <clears throat> and uh, have grown up with uh, survivor uh, guilt uh, from one of my parents and uh, particularly my mother. And also the um, other side of surviving, which was their resilience and their determination. Uh, both of my parents escaped from a concentration camp and uh, my mother being the only woman to escape. So I have 
that as part of my legacy also. I am a speaker. I speak, uh, uh, my presentation is called Love, the Biggest Act of Resistance, <clears throat> because my parents actually met and fell in love in a concentration camp. So right now I have got all kinds of emotions, uh, but the overwhelming emotion is grief. I am in the early stages of grieving. Uh, I was a counselor, a rehabilitation counselor for over 35 years. I'm well aware of what I am going through. And um, I have found incredible support from my uh, non-Jewish friends who have been contacting me. And uh, one of whom has wanting, is wanting to take me out to lunch uh, later this week. And I feel very gratified that I have that kind of support. But I'm also a working artist. And I've been doing art for uh, since I was two years old. And I believe that that has really promoted uh, the healing of uh, dealing with this legacy of Holocaust and horror. I will say this, when we talk about emotions, if we talk about fight, flight, or freeze, I am in fight. I am feeling very angry and I am feeling almost a sense of uh, rage at what has happened. I spent three weeks in Israel as a volunteer on an IDF base putting together medical supply kits. And I grew to love Israel as a safe place, a safe haven for Jews. And that sense of safety about Israel as being the home where we could always go when the troubles start, wherever and whatever they may be. That has now been not completely damaged, but it is broken and it is going to need to be fixed and repaired. And I feel that the only way for that to happen, and yes, I appreciate all of the uh, kind words that are coming from all of the different nations, but you know, words don't mean very much if you're sending money to Iran. I'm sorry, don't wanna get political here, but it, it, when funds are going to uh, the enemy of Israel, and the enemies of Israel, and when there's nothing being done really to stop that. So I feel a sense of anger about that. I feel um, mostly just grieving. My heart is just breaking for the children who have been taken. Unbelievable. And yes, it has, it has just about, it's been devastating to, to learn about the children. Hey, so let me so ask, let me ask Dana and Lynn before we go on to the next person if there's any comments back for uh, for us. Well, I wanted to say that of course there's righteous anger about what's happening, and it's really hard to juggle all the feelings: deep sadness, anger, again, what's in there from before. Um, and to find a little bit of hope in all of this is is a tough thing. And I'm I'm trying to lean on my maybe my personal view a bit of my experience in Israel and knowing the IDF. I I do think there's hope that things will be restored and changed. Um it, it's it's a game changer. I think and everybody can you, knows. That. Lynn, can you speak to the fact that you you mentioned earlier on about 
we have an army? Well, we have an army. And even though they were taken by surprise, we didn't have an army in the Holocaust. We have an army. Uh, we have a dedicated army. We have kids that have returned, are running back to their the bases, 150% back on in back to their reserves to serve, to fight. It's 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 different. Um, and they are dedicated to, you know, restoring security. I understand the hostages are on all of our minds. That's that's something that is very hard to bear. Dana? I agree with everything that's been said. And I also wanted to add, uh, my family's done an exchange program this year. Uh, my daughter and another teenage daughter did an exchange. So we had an Israeli student stay with us. And I've been in touch with the Holoc uh, with the um, host family. And so that mom in Israel asked me to share as widely as I can that the Israelis are resilient and they're determined and that those that are not in the army are doing everything they can to help the situation. And she sent me a video showing Israelis distributing food and drinks and um, waving flags and, and, and supporting the army. So the, the whole nation is rallied around uh, resisting this and supporting the, the troops who are uh, restoring safety. David, I want to call on you. Please unmute yourself. It's nice to meet you. I know we've chatted many times on Facebook, uh, but it's glad to see you live and live on screen. So go ahead, ask your statement or question. Go ahead. Are you talking to me? Yes, David. You've ever spoken? You know, on Facebook. Oh, we have? Yes. <laughs> okay. Not important. Go ahead. I'm not real. I, I I guess I need to be more Facebook savvy. Um, and my daughter's mom just tried to call me, but I'll get back to them soon. Um, first of all, I'm so happy to be to have 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 access to this group. Um, and Jeffrey, thank you very much. Um. I'm second and third generation, uh, father from Poland, mother from Hungary. I guess I'm uh, sometimes on the younger side of second generation, but that doesn't matter. I'm I'm old enough. Um, uh, father was. Uh, I don't know whether you want me to go into any history no, or I whatever. I don't want you to go into history. I want you to ask the question that you are that is on your mind. Right, two, two things. The well, it, it's not just a question, it's that I raised my hand so I can speak. Um, so yeah, I've. there's a lot of countries that are showing support, they're showing condemnation and all the other things that people said. And thank goodness for that, that there's some sense in the world and some with, with uh, political leaders, et cetera. I don't know how many of you are in California and how many of you are in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, Dana, I would love to connect with you later 
if there's a way, and I'll explain that later. Um, but I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Well, also there's been counter protests or protests by the uh, by the Palestinian side. Main thing I want to say is there's support, but there's going to be massive amounts. There's massive uh, gatherings and protests by the Palestinians and their supporters, and they greatly, greatly outnumber us. So I think as a Jew and part of a Jewish community, uh, I feel I, I need. I need Hmm? No, Someone go ahead. spoke. No, go ahead. Uh, that I need to be careful a bit. I don't want to face. Uh, I faced before uh, a ratio of me with like 50 Palestinian supporters. I don't want to put myself in that position again. So I think we have to be very wary that there are, they have a very loud voice. They outnumber us. They outnumber us in the world, uh, 120 to one Muslims to Jews. So just we have to be, we have to be deaf, D-E-F-T, deaf. We, we have to be smart and we have to be strong. Um, they're well organized. They have a lot of media savvy. They get their message out a lot. Generation support group. Um, so we have to psychologists. Someone is speaking with their speaker on. Um, uh, voicemail. So, okay, thank you, David. I, I, I agree with you. We don't know exactly what's going to happen in terms of people gathering to show support versus people gathering to, to protest. Uh, and I think we're going to have to wait for all of this to unfold. Oh, it's but, unfolding already. It's, uh, it's, you know, and if you and if you don't feel safe going to gatherings, then 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 don't go. Right. You know, those type of gatherings, pro, a political protest gatherings. Right. So I want to I want to ask Esther, I want to ask Esther because I know we're getting. I want to get as much as we can before the top of the hour. Esther, I want to, you asked to speak. I want you to see if you can get on video. I want you to take, take yourself onto the audio, unmute yourself and ask your question. Rosa, I know you're up there, but I want to get to Esther first. So I know, I know you'll be okay with that. So go ahead. Okay. I apologize. I don't have access to video at the moment. I just no worries. Go ahead. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm new to the Philadelphia area. We, used, we lived in Harrisburg for 48 years, um, but I just was connected with this organization through uh, information I'm getting on my internet and my emails. And <clears throat> I'm very uh, pleased to meet everybody here. I am a child of Holocaust survivors, just like someone else mentioned. I was, I was born in Feldersheim in the Felderton DP camp. I lost my family is virtually decimated from the Holocaust. I have a very small family. Um, of course, what's going and I have family in Israel and my son married an Israeli and she has many family members. 
in Israel. And um, so I have grandchildren who are connected very closely to Israel because of their grandparents there. Um, I would say that, again, with the trauma, I think for any Jewish person who has lost family members in the Holocaust, this is just re-traumatizing. And it's incredibly horrible. Um, my big concern at this point is that, you know, I call it the 10-minute pity party where, you know, people will say, oh, this is horrible and Israel should, you know, fight back, et cetera, et cetera. But I say, you know, as soon as the Palestinians start putting out their propaganda about how many people were killed in the Gaza and what a terrible humanitarian situation it is, that will turn around and there'll be pressure on Israel to pull back. I only hope this time Israel will not buckle under the pressure. Uh, these are my people that I understand from the latest news report that uh, ordinary, not Hamas people came in and, and also massacred babies, women, men, whomever they could catch. Um, this is just beyond description. I mean, to me, they acted just like what we saw with ISIS. The fact that you can behead a baby, um, burn people alive. I mean, we've heard this from the Nazis. Esther, do you have something on the background going as you're speaking? Is your TV on, radio on? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Is that interfering? Okay. So I, I don't know what kind of question I can pose here, except that I don't, I think, you know, for those who are in Israel and who are treating people who are traumatized, I'm not sure that the Israeli population will ever, ever recover from this. Okay, so that's, so let me ask uh, Dana and Lynn to uh, add their voice to this. I also want to encourage uh, Elite and Melissa and Ava and Hannah and Anne, who haven't commented, please, I'm not asking you for your comment, but if you have something to say, we want to include you. So go ahead, guys, and maybe you uh, can. I think that the despair and the fears and the worries are all very normal and understandable. At the same time, I think Israel and Israelis and the army and the people are very strong and very resilient and they are giving this all they've got. They're not in this alone. They have much more international support than I've ever seen them have. So, you know, we have to sit with the uncertainty, which is very difficult, and let this unfold. And it's very, it's, it's very difficult because it's a, it's a tragic situation. It's a volatile situation. And we have hundreds and thousands of years of our own Jewish history being activated in our memories and in our emotions. And it's the feelings are very overwhelming. And I know we're going to give um, more people a chance to talk, but I also think looking at the clock and that we have 15 minutes today that Lynn and I want to make sure that we go through 
our ideas for self-care and things that we can do starting today to help deactivate our feelings so that we can calm down, you know, just enough to function and to keep our wits about us. And I think now is a good time to add if people feel like you, if you're having trouble functioning and you need something more or you need more support, um, Dr. Mayor and I are here to be helpful. And I put in the chat and we can also put again, we have an email and it's inherited messages at gmail.com. It's in the chat. And if you want a referral for a, a psychotherapist, we're happy to find you a referral, no matter where you live, we can find you a referral. And secondly, we're going to be continuing this conversation that we're having today in two ways. What one way is that we happen to have another Zoom scheduled with Jeffrey. Jeffrey, what's the date of the Saturday Zoom? Is that Sunday, October? Sunday, October 22nd. It's called Into the Light 3.0, uh, um, Surviving Intergenerational Trauma. It is our third annual uh, yearly event. It actually gets the largest attendance of any of the programs that we have. There is an RSVP link that's been sent around. I've been promoting it heavily. So we hope that you'll uh, save that date and join us. Um, and go ahead, you keep going. I agree with you. Okay, so Jeffrey, I don't know if it's possible, but if you can put that link in the chat, then no. people can join the next Zoom that we're doing through the Jewish Culture and Holocaust Remembrance Group. We have a whole talk planned on inherited trauma had no idea how relevant you know, and timely it, it was gonna be. And so people are welcome to come to that free Zoom. If people are interested in an ongoing support group to talk about these topics, to talk more individually and personally about inherited trauma, Dr. Mayer and I are starting support groups. So if you want information about our Zoom, support group on inherited trauma and processing trauma. It's not a psychotherapy group, it's a support group. And we're happy to have people join the group. So you can find out more about this ongoing support group that we are organizing. And it's the same email that I put in the chat where you can reach us and we can tell you about this ongoing group that's forming now. Um, Lynn, it looked like you wanted to add. I just wanted to use a big term, I, and I, it is a trauma term. I understand from what the last speaker said about catastrophic thinking. It will never ever that 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 kind of thinking is what I call catastrophic thinking. This is a catastrophe, but you know the pendulum goes from one extreme to the other, and we have to find a way to find out center in the middle. Everybody's a little bit different. It is a catastrophe, but it is not, it will not never ever be rectified. As we speak, it is being rectified and restored because people are putting their hearts and minds and bodies and efforts. It's a collective, we have a collective Con unconscious conscience as a Jewish people 
I want to. I also want to let you know, even though we're going to lose um, Dr. Dana and Dr. Lynn at the top of the hour, I'm not going to shut this program off. I want to let you know that I'll continue to ask for your discussion. If you want to stay with us, stay with us. I'm sure there'll be lots more to talk about, and we'll just end the program when it organically ends. So go ahead, Dana and Lynn. You can go through the rest of your toolkit. So I, I wanted to ask you to just think about it, guys. You know, what would be in that toolkit? Um, I, I do think that one of the, Dana, you have a lot of suggestions, but I was just thinking as I'm feeling the energy in the group and it, it we've, we've, we're very activated, is to remember to breathe. It's free. And if you breathe into your chest here, you're not helping your body. It's like flossing your nervous system. 10 deep breaths every so often during the day intermittently. You know, you breathe in for four. This is mindfulness, which I am trained in as well. Just breathe in for four and then hold for four and let out for four. You'll bring your fight flight down. You'll land your plane, which is now doing this just landing it down and it's okay to be okay and have your mind deal with all these issues. So breathing is really important exercise to get the body moving and the tension out of the body, whatever you can do. I think sitting in front of the TV or glue to that is, is not healthy. It's, 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 it's difficult. It can be addictive and you think it's helping. Again, I'm repeating, but it's it's making it worse on, on a certain level. Of course, you want information to, to a point and everyone's an individual as to how much information they can handle. I, I agree. And I'd like to, before uh, we end, to go through more in the toolbox. So along the same lines of what Lynn has said so far, if you practice yoga, if you practice meditation, these are all very calming and very soothing for the nervous system. It's a way to get more grounded. And I think that, you know, there's other, there's other ways working the body is very helpful, but there's, all, there's also other ways. I think some of us really benefit from action. So if you feel like if there's some kind of action you could take that would be helpful, you know, I, I think that's helpful for the psyche. So if you want to donate even a small amount of money, you can feel like you've done something. I think um, everybody processes differently. So like Lynn said, if you're a knitter, knit, singer, music, dance, writing, you know, uh, filmmaking, we, we all have our ways of processing. And so I think those artistic ways are good outlets for discharging the extra energy and tension and stress. I think it's also important to not just look at everything black and fall into the black hole of catastrophic thinking, but stay in touch with the positive. Every time there's a tragedy in the world, the Mr. Rogers quote comes up, which is look for the helpers. It's, I think, very true. Every time you hear a, hear a story about heroism and good and helpfulness and people supporting and people condemning and people caring, I think that adds a little bit of lift. I think it's also important to stay in touch with other positive things. 
I think if you really are feeling down, it could feel good to go out in nature or spend time with small children. You know, all these things just bring a touch of relief or a bit of calming. So uh, I think it's also helpful to gather with others. So what you've done today is a very helpful step to know you're not alone, to know that your thoughts are not crazy, to know other people feel similarly is very important. So if you have support and gatherings in your community, that's great. And if you don't, online gatherings are helpful. And so um, Jeffrey, I don't know, is it possible to put in the chat? I'm just double checking the chat. If you could put the information on about how we're meeting again with the JCHR on October 22nd. So yeah. people want to come to that free Zoom, they can. Do you, you put it there? Sorry, I'm not following the chat closely. And then if you want to continue this type of support group with Dr. Mayer and I, we've put in the chat our email inherited messages at gmail.com so that you can be in touch with us and continue these conversations with us if you're interested. Um, Lynn, do you, do you want to add to the toolbox? Well, I'm just noticing that Julie has put some great things in there. She's offering different things that she, and there are some good suggestions there. Um, she says she has a nice uh, podcast, meditation, balanced mind. Um, yes. So I love the fact that already in the chat, people are saying, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? This works for me. Um, I think that's, that's wonderful because that's going to help. And also I'm any looking at, just let me say, anybody who is interested in um, wanting a copy of this recording, which includes all of the chat conversations, I can make that available. You can reach me on my Facebook um, direct message um, page. So just uh, know how to reach me. Uh, I'll give you my email address as well in chat. Go ahead, Dana. So to repeat some of the things, to repeat some of the things in the chat, if you go to the chat, you'll see that Julie is suggesting a podcast with guided meditation. So I, I think that's very helpful. I certainly benefit from having a guide for meditation than trying to go on my own. And Rosa suggesting gardening, which I think is an excellent suggestion for de-stressing and calming down. And Julie's also suggesting that petting animals helps lower blood pressure, which is absolutely true. And Devorah is suggesting that we reach out to our, our Israeli friends to show support and, and be someone they could talk to. And I know I have reached out to my Israeli friends and they've been so helpful and grateful for the, the support. And so that felt like something I could do. You know, that's, a, that's an action you can take. And it seems so small, but that quick email or quick text, I could tell meant so much to the people that I reached out to. They really want to hear that people in the U.S. care and are supporting them. Also, the Jewish Federation of literally every city in the United States is gathering resources, assets, and uh, community events. So if you are close to the Jewish Federation in your local city, you just need to contact them today. And most likely they have some event either going on this evening, tomorrow, or they're collectively putting together security events, whatever. 
So I, uh, I'm very familiar with the Jewish federations from around the United States for the work that I do. Um, and I would recommend that you do. Are you finished pretty much, Dana and Lynn, now? So I just wanted to say something about trauma responses of fight flight, which is our initial response to this, and then freeze, not feeling like we can do anything. And I think we're now, Dana and I, are talking about activating ourselves to feel like we're still able to do something, whether it's even in our own community and it's not Israel, just whatever it is, to feel like we're useful, we care. We're caring people um, and to keep that balance, if possible, it's very hard. I think we're all struggling with that. I know I am the balance because I know people, I get messages from so-and-so who's lost somebody, so-and-so who's daughter, friend. It's, it's very hard. And every time you have a reaction and then just saying, if there's any way you can find your balance and, and move out of that freeze response, it will help you feel better. Whatever little thing you could do. Okay, so I want to thank you. And I think also, Jeffrey, since we have three minutes, I know other people had their hands up. I don't know if yeah, um, before, before they, they took that down. I want to take the three minutes to thank both of you. You, you did such a yeoman's work here today. I think everyone in the group is very appreciative of your comments, your calmness, the, the way you approach your worlds. Um, your, uh, Dana and I have been longtime friends, best buds. And I called Dana yesterday by Zoom and by email and I asked, told her about what was going on. And Dana said, no worries, I'm on it. Next call she made was to Lynn. Lynn said, I'll move my appointments for that I had. She's on it. So I really am honored to have you as friends, virtual friends, Dana, personal friend, and to give this group the tools that you have today. So thank you so much. I wanna now kind of transition the program. I know that both of you have to leave, so please leave when you want. I'm gonna call on, I'm gonna keep the program going as long as I can. Um, Mark, I see that you have your hand raised, is that true? leftover from before. I don't know, but if you can unmute yourself and you have something to contribute, those of you in the audience should know that Mark is a um, was a reporter in Israel, lived in Israel, lives in Israel in the Rehovot area. He's a longtime member of the Jewish Culture and Holocaust Remembrance Group. We speak all the time uh, on the group. His posts are very relevant. So what did you want to contribute, Mark, now that you've listened to the whole program? Yes, I, I think it, it might be helpful for people to get a taste of what it's like to actually be here. And I'm almost getting the impression it's worse to be over there than it is to be over here. Uh, my own personal situation, uh, I served in, in a tank unit when I was a little bit younger. My kids both served in the Army. Uh, and now I've got three grandkids in the Army. All three of them are involved in ways that I can't describe uh in in the current operation so there is a bit of worry but a lot of pride also in in what we've been able to do here as a family uh i have been myself uh just as you have overrun with all kinds of conflicting feelings there's there are times when i think i'm going to wake up from this bloody nightmare there are times when i'm shocked there are times when i'm angry and there are times when I'm sad. But I think underlying all this, and 
I, I have to say, Jeff, when I when I saw the uh, the title of this chat, that it, it took me aback a bit. Is this another Holocaust? No, it can't be. The difference between now and 1938 is that there is a state of Israel. We will fix this. A lot of people have been killed. It's a, uh, a terrorist tra uh, 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 atrocity of, of world-scale proportions. You can, you can talk about Al-Qaeda. You can talk about ISIS in the same breath as, as, as these animals. But we're going to fix this. And there will still be a state of Israel. And it will still be a place for people to come if they need to, if they just want to. I think uh, there will be heads rolling here. I don't think there won't because this is a a major military and intelligence fiasco similar to the Yom Kippur War of 1972, which I uh, covered as a, as a young radio reporter. Um, I think it took us 50 years to start to get over the trauma of the Yom Kippur War, and I believe it'll take another 50 years to get over the trauma of this one. Uh, but we will continue uh, developing as a nation. We will make this place as safe as, as any place in the world. There's no such thing as safe, you understand, anywhere as an ab absolute. But this, even with what happened, is still the safest place in the world for Jews. Uh, you can come here and feel safe. I hope you'll all come visit. I hope you all come live here. <laughs> That's asking a bit much. Uh, but, but I really feel that, uh, as I said at the beginning, that the difference is there is a state of Israel. And I, I do feel that those of us here, although we are swept away with emotions the same as you are, are anchored in the fact that we know we're going to fix this. We are going to fix it. Trust us. I think that is such a good... I'm so glad I called on you. And, I, and you say, and I know you would be the eloquent speaker that you are, to be able to calm, you talk about calming Dana and, and and Lynn, that was like super calming. Everyone probably took a big deep breath after hearing you speak. And I wanna also acknowledge my friend Rosa over here has been nothing but patient sitting there waiting. Uh, and I have to also tell everyone know that Rosa is not Jewish and she chose to uh, come to this event to support um, us as Jews. And so I really am grateful. And Dana, you wanted to say something? Or no. I do. I just want to quickly say, um, you know, as we continue to give everyone a chance to speak, if people who are listening want to share in the chat, is there one thing that you think that you can do today that will help you feel helpful or will be an activity that's self-care and can help calm down your nervous system? So we gave a lot of suggestions and people put other ideas in the chat. So if you, if the people who are watching in the audience want to share or commit to one thing that they know they could do today that will either be calming for them or will feel helpful, just share in the chat what you think you're going to do as more people continue to speak and share what's on their mind. Hey, Rosa, now's your chance. Go. <laughs> um, as Jeffrey said, I'm not a survivor or even Jewish, so I'll keep it brief. I'm here um, because of what Abraham said in the beginning, because I, I saw even on social media um, a lot of Jewish people, you know, saying only other Jews checked on me and maybe there's the impression that we don't care. I think anyone who has a mother or is human even 
everyone cares. Um, it's affected my sleep and everything, and I am one of many. We we see you and we care. That's the first thing. Um, secondly, about the gardening, it wasn't just gardening that I had in mind. Uh, what I found helped is something um, physical, you know, that tangible that you can touch and that you have to focus on so that you don't focus on what is going on in your head. And thirdly, um, David, I, I agree that it's going to be tough and that it has already started, but we have something very different from the time of the Holocaust and that is the internet. So let's use it like we're doing with this group. We have ways to fight disinformation. We have ways even just with a like to give something back. If, if I, you know, even little things like you see someone being attacked because they're getting more confident now, just put a like. It depends on the energy that you have. If, if you don't have the energy, you know, to, to go into explanations and things, because I think that is important, fighting the disinformation that there is, just, just show that you're there and you know that there's someone listening. That's all. And thank you, Jeffrey, for providing Rosa, this space. Rosa, tell us, tell everyone a little bit about who you are and where you are. Um, I'm Maltese. I'm from Malta. So this was uh, this is what affected me as well, even in terms of language. Um, when I heard Benjamin Netanyahu speak, I, I didn't need the translation most of the time because I could understand um, a good part of what he was saying, and that made it worse, even um, listening to some of the hostages. Um, I do have some Jewish blood from way back, and I feel that a lot because I'm, I have the same health issue that my uh, great-grandma had, so I do have that connection. And, you know, I don't think you can see this. You're also a Sorry, go ahead. You're also a political activist. Tell us the group. Yes, uh, yes. Um, uh, I don't know how much you know about Malta, but we're currently in a kleptocracy, uh, basically a very corrupt country. And as I said to Jeffrey uh, some days ago, one thing that helped me to understand the Holocaust is seeing um, how, how it feels to become an outsider in your own country because you're against the state. And, and that helped me to understand what the Jews went through when you know you couldn't even trust your neighbors and trust your friends. So so that, that's where I'm coming from and that's what that's part of what I care. The, the other reason I think it's because I'm human. That's all. Very nice. Is there anybody else in the group who wants to add their voice before we go? And we just have someone actually coming into the group for the first time. So, okay, if there are no one else uh, who wants to add, I'll just pass it around. Um, I said, Julie, I asked you if you have an interest to come on screen and tell us a little bit about yourself. I don't know you. I'd love to meet you. Um, so if you can speak, unmute yourself and talk to us, that'd be great. Same thing with Hi. Same thing with uh, Elite. And same thing with Anne. Please go ahead. Now's the time. We can all have a nice chat. Hi, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, I'm a meditation teacher. I'm Jewish and um, author and mindfulness expert. And I've just, since this whole horrifying thing happened, been trying to manage my own nervous system and the nervous system of everybody 
in my group. I teach a Wednesday group through Congregation Beth Israel. And then there's Mindful where, Self-Compassion. Where are you located? Where are you, where are you located? Well, I'm uh, right now I'm in Sun Valley, Idaho, but normally I'm in San Diego. Okay. So um, soothing touch is a thing whereby if you put your hands on your own body in a place that you find soothing, it could be your heart, your belly, cradling your face, hugging your arms. We will release oxytocin and endorphins inside ourselves as if we are hugging a small child. It's the mammalian caregiver response. And that oxytocin and endorphins helps to downregulate the fight, flight, freeze, which is cortisol and adrenaline. So probably 25 times a day, I find my hand on my heart, my hand on my belly, I'm holding my face and I'm teaching my people to do that, to try to downregulate the fear because I'm finding that I'm shaking inside. Like this is so traumatic and horrifying that I'm shaking inside. So it's calming the shaking. And um, I'm also doing everything that your fantastic therapists, thank you so much, have given in the tips in terms of getting out in nature, finding the helpers, you know, doing any and all things to calm down on and off during the day, titrating the news. And what I'm finding my people saying is, is that they're feeling guilty when they're not engaged in the horror. So trying to let go of the guilt and calm down, because if we make ourselves sick, we're not going to be helpful to help in any way. So we have to not make ourselves sick by managing our own bodies. That's very interesting. Thank you. And I wanted Thank to ask you, uh, Elite, maybe you can unmute yourself. I notice you're in the office. I noticed there's an Israeli flag behind you. Tell us where you are and is this... Are you in Israel or where are you? Yes, I'm in Israel. I live very close to Tel Aviv. And um, some hours ago where we went to the shelters because there was a siren and um, a uh, we had the uh, bombs here. Uh, the bombs are arriving uh, to Tel Aviv as well. Um, and uh, right now um, um, we have uh, the 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 south of the country, which uh, everything all all uh, what happened in uh, uh, on uh, on Saturday was there. Uh, but also now uh, in the north, uh, many people uh, evacuated uh, themselves uh, from uh, from the north and and got to the area of Tel Aviv uh, because of the Hezbollah as well. As well as in as in the south. So, do you have anything like Mark shared with us to give us a sense of what it was like to be in your shoes in the streets in uh, Tel Aviv? Uh, what is like to be uh, in my shoes? Um, well, um, we talked about it here that uh, Israelis are are more uh, determined and uh, more. Um, uh, have the ability to um, um, to deal with the situation because we are more uh, more used to it. This is not the first time. Maybe this is the time that this is the largest and the uh, most uh, horror uh, event uh, that happened. Uh, but um, this is not from zero to hundred. This is from fifty to hundred. So. Um, 
this is how it is, um, which, which doesn't make it more easy to deal with because everything now is, um, is around this situation. Um, we have so many dead, we have so many um, um, casual, casualties, uh, you say casualties, yeah. yes, um, and um, kidnapped, uh, kidnapped people, uh, and uh, because we are such a small country, everyone knows something, someone that um, something happened to him. And it's very difficult, very, very difficult um, to, to handle this. Okay. And how did, just for my own benefit, how did you know about this program? Are you in the, are you in our group too? Uh, yes, I'm in, in your group and I uh, publish uh, from time to time. Uh, I post from time to time uh, because um, I'm a, a third generation uh, of Holocaust survivors. Um, I, I'm writing about the Holocaust. I'm writing... Um, uh, Holocaust uh, stories and Holocaust uh, reviews uh, in, in certain uh, uh, issues. And uh, I have, um, I'm researching and publish my uh, research, research. And um, my um, my business page uh, name is uh, um, one, um, one um, um, story out of millions. Uh, it's in Hebrew and in, in English. Uh, and uh, you are welcome to, to get in and to, to read the, uh, do me a favor. Uh, send, me, send me information. Send me information. I'll do whatever I can to help you promote it. It's a pleasure, yes. a pleasure to meet you personally. And to, I, <laughs> I, now recall, I now recall your name. I want to go on and ask um, you. Melissa, Melissa, is there anything you would want to add to this program? No? Okay. And up on top here. I'll say yeah. something. <laughs> go ahead. So I, I'm a daughter of Holocaust survivors. They were from Lech, Poland. They met after the war in Germany in some sort of, I'm not even sure if it was a DP camp. They didn't tell me that much, but I believe so. It was in Fulda. And that's where I was born. And they got married and that's where I was born um, in Germany. And we got to the U.S. here um, late 1949. And um I am fine, and I have relatives in Israel, cousins in Israel, a family that um, one cousin survived and made a nice family in Israel. And um, I am taking all of this very, very heavily internally, and I kind of feel like the people that I socialize with, and I'm very, we're very social and mostly with Jewish people here. And I, I kind of feel like I'm internalizing much more than everybody else in some way, or that they don't really understand. Because, you know, when I was growing up, those of you who were um, born, you know, who were children of survivors, there were always, if you were born in America, there were always the Americaners, and then we're, there were us. And I kind of feel like it's me and the Americaners, for example, I went to a synagogue um, on Simchas Torah. I'm very active in my synagogue. And um, I walked in and they're all dancing around with the Torahs and singing, yai, 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 yai. And I, I just couldn't handle that. I was watching television and I guess most of them weren't, or maybe they weren't. And so maybe they didn't really realize how deep and heavy the issues were. And I, I'm still upset 
by the dancing around with the Torahs. And I do know that some synagogues handled it much nicer and did some did their hakafos and and did um, something that was more softer. And so I'm I'm just kind of like moving along in my social life, but I'm really grieving inside. Well, and hopefully today you have some tools that um, help yes. you. You also yes, realize thank that you. you're not a, you're not alone. And um, I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad to meet you virtually. I want to end this program with my good buddy over here, uh, Sammy Seigman, who is a uh, child, uh, as a survivor of the Holocaust. He was part of Mengele's testing, I believe, if that's correct, Sammy. So go to, please unmute yourself. I'm sure you joined a little late, but I'm sure you got a, a, a head full of what this was all about. And I'm sure you have your own. Uh, Sammy is a, a world-renowned speaker on the Holocaust, educator. He travels all over the world. Um, speaking to children and to anybody who will listen to him. Uh, so, hey, Sammy, how are you? What do you think? Thank you, uh, Jeff, for, for inviting me to say a few words. Uh, I just want to make one correction. Uh, the medical experiments were not done in Auschwitz. I was never there, not by Mengele. I was in Ukraine. So, okay, so that's the only correction. Um, I uh, deal with the trauma. Uh, sometimes uh, I don't think of it as such, but I deal with it by speaking, by educating the next generation. Uh, I also have uh, different issues that I have to deal with. Like, for instance, I have two grandchildren and I cannot be in touch with them. So uh, my need to teach and to share is fulfilled when I educate the next generation. But talking about uh, Israel, uh, I am uh, uh, very angry many times uh, because in words cannot adequately express my anger at the brutality of these barbarians and also uh, thinking of the Palestinians who cheer, okay, the murder of so many uh, innocent civilians. There will be many questions that will have to be answered. There is no question about it, but for now, uh, we have to be united. Uh, we have to stand with Israel. And uh, once and for all, uh, we have to get rid of this cancer. I hope that there will be pressure when we will be victorious, that uh, the tide of support will turn against Israel. And I hope that Bibi will not give in to the pressure. And at the same time, I uh, like what Mark said, you know, his optimism. And I also believe that uh, we shall overcome, we will win, and we are here and we will prevail. So uh, I'm a, an optimist, uh, but unfortunately, uh, there will be many, many more lives uh, that we will have uh, to lose. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, very difficult, you know, to uh, say exactly how we feel, 
because uh, we don't know and we have to move on. We have to move forward. Uh, but there are many moments that I'm very sad. Uh, I have participated on Sunday on a rally. I'm going today. Uh, I spoke to uh, several uh, TV stations, including one from Spain. So I'm doing what I can in this particular uh, case, but uh, uh, I feel that I'm not doing enough. In many ways, I feel that I am uh, helpless. It's uh, I am here in an area where I am safe, and uh, as a Holocaust survivor, I just cannot understand the inhumanity of these barbarians. It's uh, beyond words. Uh, whatever you say does not even come close to express uh, the feelings. It's uh, beyond comprehension. And uh, unless uh, Bibi and uh, the IDF will be able okay, to get rid of this cancer, this will never end. And uh, once and for all, we must, okay, at any cost, get rid of this cancer. Thank you for allowing me to rattle to okay. go well, on. Thank you. And, on, but, uh, and I'm glad that uh, Dana and Lynn decided to stay with us for the for the duration. I think you picked up some even more insights into the into our unique uh, community of terrific people. Uh, I consider you all of my friends uh, from wherever you are around the world. And uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for adding your voice. This program was recorded. It will be on all of our streaming platforms uh, literally tomorrow uh, so that the benefit will be able to be seen by many, many more people than we're here today. So thank you very much. Uh, and I love you all. We'll see you and again on October 22nd, which is a Sunday. Dana, Lynn, and I return for Into the Light uh, 3.0, Managing Intergenerational Trauma. So lots more. Uh, to help you in that two-hour program. Thanks so much. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.